heard is Yes We Belong by Missy D and DJ R. Hood. Missy D is a Vancouver-based rapper and DJ R. Hood is a a Vancouver-based DJ who has Down syndrome. The music video for this song highlights Teresa Popcock's colorful gloves that she wears 
all the time. She is known for being very colorful, even when I met her. You're listening to The Self-Advocate, a show about arts and culture in the disability community on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Alison Klein. Er, Taniyap. Kwiget Yuans, Kwiensna. Hi, everybody. My name is Kwiget Yuans. I'm a member of the Squamish Nation and the Yagalanis Clan of the Haida Nation. You're listening to Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. We live, work, play, and broadcast from the traditional, ancestral, and unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh Nations. This show is going to be a, a little bit different because there are more holidays in March, so I am combining several into my pieces today. Next Monday is the World Down Syndrome Day and World Poetry Day. Last week, I got to meet a poet named Teresa Pocock, who I found on Twitter, of all places. So I am going to be reciting her poetry. She is not only a poet, but she is also an artist and a self-advocate living in Vancouver, and she lives with Down syndrome. I thought it was pretty neat that both World Poetry Day and World Down Syndrome Day land on the same day. Teresa exemplifies both days. So I'm going to be reading her poetry and talking about her artwork and her activism. I think she is a wonderful, warm, kind-hearted person and her family is the same as well. First, I want to read what her sister says about Teresa. Her sister is named Frankie. Teresa is standing with her arms raised high as a flock of seagulls soar and swoop overhead. It is a gray day in Vancouver, but amongst the urban grit of our downtown east side neighborhood, nature is flying by and Teresa is loving it. It is a fun moment and typical of how Teresa engages spontaneously with the world. When she sees seagulls flying and screeching loudly, she is fascinated. I watch as she looks up at the birds and mimics them, playfully flapping her wings and singing in response. Teresa is communicating directly with the birds. Her oneness with nature is inspiring to me. The moment is especially poignant when you realize that Teresa was put into a nursing home in Ontario almost five years ago. The fact that she's here now in Vancouver, free to be herself, is a wondrous turn of advance. The Canadian philosopher, humanitarian, and founder of La Arche, Jean Vanier, said, People with the disabilities are the most oppressed people in this world. As a person with Down syndrome, 
Teresa has experienced systematic oppression. In 2013, at the age of 49, she was wrongly declared incapable of making her own decisions and placed in an Ontario long-term care home. Her liberty and freedom was traded for a single bed in an end-of-life nursing home. The healthcare system had wrapped her in as disability advocate Paul Young aptly described it, a cocoon of impossibility. Her future looked bleak. This was a life-changing crisis for our family. Teresa did not want to be there. She had things to do, places to go, and people to meet. Fortunately, my father, a retired lawyer, was able to secure Teresa's release. The very next day, Teresa came to live with me and my husband. Three months later, on March 1st, 2014, we moved from Ontario to British Columbia with the dream of creating a better future. We are very lucky to have chosen BC to move to. There are so many organizations here that support the rights of adults with developmental disabilities to live in the community. BC is also better for Teresa because it recognizes her legal right to make her own decisions. Supported decision-making is legally recognized in British Columbia, the Yukon, and Manitoba. In 2016, Teresa won her first downtown East Side Small Arts grant from the Vancouver Foundation, which enabled her to produce her pretty amazing book and art show. The Vancouver Sun wrote about Teresa, artist with Down syndrome, written off as incapable blooms in the downtown East Side. Their story captured the head-scratching incongruity of Teresa's situation. How could someone who was incapable bloom as an artist in Vancouver? Of course, the truth is that Teresa was never incapable and she is very talented. She should never have been put into an institution. However, what happened to Teresa is all too common in our ableist society, which discriminates against people with disabilities. The New York Times, CBC Radio, Global News, and Institution Watch have reported that thousands of young and middle-aged people with developmental disabilities are being segregated by society to institutionalization. It is a frightening throwback to the 1950s. Teresa is one of the very few people to get their freedom back which is one of the reasons why her artistic voice is important and valued. Teresa used her voice to ask the Ontario government for an apology. Her petition, Human Rights Should Never Be Disabled, was signed by over 26,000 people. The BC Civil Liberties Association 
and a half dozen civil and disability rights organizations also sent a letter to the health minister. One investigative news reporter, Christina Stevens, heard about Teresa's story. She did a two-part news story about Teresa. Ontario woman forced into long-term care wants an apology by the provincial government. Stevens did some remarkable digging to find out how many people with developmental disabilities were in long-term care. She discovered that Teresa was just the tip of the iceberg. There are more than 2,900 adults with developmental disabilities living in Ontario uh, long-term care facilities. Stevens pressed Minister Hoskins for an apology for Teresa. Minister Hoskins said in a statement that aired on Global News on July 22, 2016, I would like to apologize to Miss Pocock and her family for being placed in a senior's residence. The minister's apology on television on July 22, 2016 was great news, but no letter of apology was sent to Teresa. So, two months later, Teresa wrote to the Ontario minister and asked him if he'd forgotten. She wrote, I did not want to live in a nursing home. I am capable. In November 2016, Minister Hoskins responded, Dear Miss Pocock, thank you for writing me. I would like to apologize to you. Teresa was delighted and proud of herself. Being a self-advocate is helping her in big ways and in small ways. Last summer, we were invited on a sunset cruise with friends. That night, Teresa decided she'd rather hang out and have fun with her one of her support workers. My husband, Bill, and I went on the cruise. We were floating on the ocean. The sun was setting against the blue mountains. We seemed to be a world away when my phone suddenly rang. It was Teresa, and she was clearly annoyed about the way her dinner an egg salad sandwich was being prepared. I am a self-advocate and I want more mayonnaise. We all laughed and she got more mayonnaise. But that's when I realized that Teresa understood the power of being a self-advocate. And that's what she was going to use this power to get what she wanted. Most of us had never had to lobby for more mayonnaise. But Teresa, as a person with Down syndrome, has to put up with other people having control and making decisions, big and small, all of her life. Now in her 50s, Teresa was saying, enough, it's my decision. Teresa's art and poetry shows us how she sees the world. Her sketchbooks are like an illustrated diary where she records her life, her loves, and her fears of monsters and snakes. Food is one of her passions. As you hear the poetry, you'll see chocolate cake, chicken pie, blueberry pie, and egg-citing eggs. You'll also hear some of her favorite sayings. She'll ask me, how many calories are in chocolate cake? I'll tell her, 700 calories. She'll often respond by saying, now you tell me. 
It's a funny joke because she already knows how many calories it has. And she already has already eaten it. So we both laugh. Teresa has found her voice. And she is finally free to be herself. A totally amazing artist, author, and self-advocate. I think what Frankie has said describes... Teresa perfectly and how I have seen her when I first met her as well. So Frankie James is Teresa Pocock's sister and the winner of the Liberty Award for Excellence in the Arts by the BC Civil Liberties Association. And with that, let's go into a quick break. Don't go anywhere because there will be more on the self-advocate with Teresa Pocock's poetry. Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, an idea worth stealing. Vancouver's original community radio station since 1975. You're listening to The Self-Advocate, a show about arts and culture in the disability community on CFRO Co-op Radio, 100.5 FM with your host Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. One clip of Teresa that I would like to play is I Am Alive. I think it really exemplifies what Teresa is saying. I'm alive. Thank you. I am a boy. I am an E. In the heart Hello. Be nice to everyone. Look, I am alive. You have to be there. And I am doing fun. Thank goodness. I have to be nice to them and to the other. You are brilliant idea. You're thinking. I am thinking. You're thinking. I think they have to make a list of things. Yes, sir. Find me a travel. A lot of you. just heard is I Am Alive by Teresa Pocock. This song and poem exemplifies Teresa and how not only how she speaks but how she views herself. And when I met Teresa and her sister Frankie and brother-in-law Bill, she was wearing a tie-dyed shirt that is of a rainbow and brightly colored 
bright purple, which I like purple, bright purple glasses. That is the type of person she is. So with that, the first poem that I want to read from Teresa is called Spoontaneous. Spoontaneous. Why are you holding that spoon? Are you feeling spontaneous? I'm doing it nominator red. I'll do another one, purple. Blue, green, red, and extra purple. I like that. Blue, green, red, and purple. Oh, I see. Another one, purple. See? Yeah, quite purple. Blue, green, red, and red, and purple. That's pretty good. And you're weird. Thank you. Another poem that I would like to read is Free to be me. Free to be me. Here I am, dancing and fooling around. Gotta watch it. I got to protect my body. Thank you. I'm just having fun. What? You're quite cute. Quite cute. I'm just being me. You're being weird. We're just being silly. I'm just having fun. You are weird but beautiful. Thank you. I'm just being me. Free to be me. And that poem just shows how she is alive. She, like what in her song, I Am Alive, talks about and how she has the right to be alive and to be who she wants to be. Another poem that exemplifies Teresa perfectly and what Frankie said about being a person with wants and desires and what she is afraid of, monsters and wolves and snakes, is called Eyes of the Tiger. We are scared of monsters. What are you scared of? Goblins, wolves. We don't want you to scare us. I am a silly zombie. I will fly away. I am scared of vampires. Pythons. This is my human body. Angel eyes. Chicken. Cougars. Eyes of the tiger. Klingons. Kiss a chicken. Artonio. We will we tell the Klingon to lay an egg. This is my human body. Be nice to the tiger. Another poem that I like is called We Love It Here about Vancouver. And I want to bring in World Down Syndrome Day and World Poetry Day in a poem also written by Teresa Pawcock about Vancouver. It's called We Love It Here. We love it here. You love it here. We got a king bed a queen bed, a nice floor. We love it here. Between Hastings and Abbott, we can sit on the patio. We can see cruise ships and Yang Ming and Hyundai. You can make roasted chicken and cherry tomatoes. And I love playing Scrabble and doing my yoga. We got everything here. Look at the restaurants we've got. The restaurants. We love it here. We got Prado and Flying Pig and London Drugs and Revamp. We love it here. You love Lean On Me and Girls Just Want to Have Fun. Gastown is fun. Yeah, you're right. We love it here. Because of the neighborhood, 
we love it here. I think it also exemplifies not only the gorgeous artwork that Teresa draws, but it also talks about how amazing Vancouver is and how pretty it is and how she fought so hard to be her own person to represent and be out of that nursing home and how much she fought. Another clip that I want to play is Human Rights Should Not Be Disabled by Teresa Pawcock, which exemplifies how Teresa has fought to be a self-advocate. My name is Teresa Pawcock. I am 49, I am 26. I am a female. I have been offended. My policy the AC said I couldn't make my own decisions. The CCAC said I couldn't decide where I live. I hope cares for me. That is wrong. It's my own right to decide. Then in November, they put me into an old age nursing home, the Rackeye Center. I did not want to be there. I was crying and scared. So my daddy sent me out, and I went back home. But then, the Rekai Center called the police. They were trying to force me to come back. Fortunately, the police said I was safe living with my sister Frankie. It's my right to decide where I live. I want the Rekai Center to say they are sorry. I want the CTAC to say they are sorry. Please sign my retention at change.org. Thank you. That was Human Rights Should Never Be Disabled by Teresa Pocock. I think that poem really exemplifies how... Teresa has brought in her own advocacy and fight for human rights in her poetry. And the next poem that I like is Butterflies, that she showed how people are like at the Canadian Down Syndrome Conference. It's called Butterflies. Butterflies. I got butterflies. You were a bit nervous They fly around in circles. You had butterflies on the airplane. They land inside my stomach. Flying to Montreal. I am afraid of heights. Speaking at the conference. I was a little bit nervous. The Canadian Down Syndrome Conference. But I did it on my own. And that was a good one. I told them my pretty amazing story. I think you made your point. I love my human rights. I like to be nice to everyone. No wonder you are so popular. Thank you, cause I am very perky. You're weird, but you're beautiful. I want to give all my friends a big H-U-G. You are amazing. My feet went happy, happy. Much better. I am a butterfly. And I would say to you, Teresa, that you are a social butterfly and your hugs are wonderful. 
When I hugged you, Teresa, that was amazing. When I got to meet you and Bill and Frankie, that was pretty special and something so cool and different. The last poem I want to read is more mayonnaise because I think that exemplified how you, Teresa, had to fight for all of your rights. Like what your sister Frankie said, no matter how big or small, you had to fight. Like everybody with disabilities. More mayonnaise. You have to realize I like mayonnaise. You have to realize I am a self-advocate. You have to realize I speak up. I don't like people fighting over food. Why is everybody fighting over food? I don't like that. Is strawberry jam high in sugar? I don't want to lose weight. I like mayonnaise and bread. I am a self-advocate because I tell people what I want. I am a self-advocate and I want more mayonnaise. Thank you. I think that exemplifies Teresa in a heartbeat. And her pictures are wonderful. One of my favorite pictures and drawings of you, Teresa, that you did is called Rainbow and Down Syndrome Day. It is a black and white picture with words rainbow in black and Down Syndrome Day in black. It has the extra chromosome, which Down Syndrome has, and Teresa's handprints in there. Of her handprints and of her gloves, Teresa likes to wear multicolored gloves. So it's very different. The gloves are also in black and white. Even though the picture is called Rainbow, it's all in black and white. So it's kind of ironic, but it's so powerful. The other things I liked about meeting Teresa is she gave me two books of her poetry. Pretty amazing how I found myself in the downtown east side and totally amazing, free to be me. She signed both books to Allison, Six Heart Child, I Love You and Best Wishes from Teresa Pawcock, 22 Heart Child. I think that's just wonderful. So to end out my ramblings about Teresa Pawcock and how amazing she is, like one of her books is called Totally Amazing, I want to read I Am Alive, which I started with talking about her. I am alive. Hello. Be nice to everyone. Look, I am alive. You have to be nice. I am doing fine. Thank goodness. I have to be nice to them and to the others. That's a brilliant idea. You're thinking, and I'm thinking too. I think we need to be make a list of the things we need. Right. I am alive. Nesters. Flying pig. Prado. We love it here. Everybody loves it here. You guys are all right. I know. You guys, I am born. I am alive. Redeemed. Okay? I am reborn in Gastown. Thank you so much, Teresa, for letting me read your poetry. You can find 
Teresa Pocock on Twitter and on her website, Teresa, T-E-R-E-S-A-P-O-C-O-K dot com. You can see all of her artwork and her advocacy on her website. You can also find Teresa's books at the Vancouver Public Library. Don't go anywhere because there will be more on The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM. Coming up next, I will be talking with Megan and Kaylee of the Special Olympics BC talking about Spread the Word Inclusion. Vancouver Co-op Radio 100.5 FM is political. Co-op Radio is poetry. Co-op Radio is tango. Co-op Radio is gay. Ecology. Comedy. Feminism. Philosophy. Yoga. Reggae. Bicycles. Trade unions. Gospel. Live. Local. Asian. African. Vancouver Co-op Radio is community. Your community. Vancouver Co-op Radio. CFRO. 100.5 FM. All different. All the time. You're listening to CFRO Co-op Radio. 100.5 FM on the unceded territories of the Musqueam, Squamish, and Tsleil-Waututh peoples. You're listening to The Self-Advocate with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. March is also the start of another campaign called Spread the Word to End the Word which is a campaign started by the Special Olympics. And the Special Olympics in BC is hosting this campaign as well. So I thought, because I am a Special Olympics BC coach in Vancouver, that I should be talking about this campaign. I am going to be talking with Megan, who is the marketing and communications manager of Special Olympics BC, and Kaylee, who is a Special Olympics athlete in Surrey. They have a lot of experience and lived experience, especially with Kaylee, with Special Olympics and with disability and with sport. Thank you so much, both of you, for being on my show. Thanks for having us. Thank you. I'm going to start with you, Kaylee, with your experiences as a Special Olympics athlete, because that's really important to hear from athletes. First off, what is your favorite part of being part of the Special Olympics? Well, my favorite part would be the lasting friendships I've made with people from all over through competitions and other events. It's the most amazing aspect in, of Special Olympics is to be connected to people who you can relate to and be inspired by. How many friends have you been able to make and those lasting friendships have you been able to make since starting Special Olympics? Oh, I started when I was 13, so I've been in it for half my life, so I honestly don't think I could count. 
How many? So many. So many, right? Very many, yeah. What is the toughest part of being part of the Special Olympics? Um, I'd say the most difficult part would be the same as any other sports organization, which would be, you know, preparing for, you know, a big competition because there's a lot of training that goes into it, you know, in sport and at home, plus, you know, the mental training and preparation, you know, just like any other athlete and any other sport organization. I've seen that as well. When I went to the provincial games as a coach in track and field, and I didn't know anything about track and field. And there's so much more in in this than what you see. And it's like any other sport or sport organization. You just don't get the media coverage. What inspired you, Keely, to join the Special Olympics? Well, like I said, I was about 13. And my mom and I were at a fair like for people with disabilities. And there was a booth there about Special Olympics, and I found the concept was very inspiring to be with people with similar challenges and to be included in participating and competing in sports. It is very important. Like people without disabilities, people with disabilities need to exercise and be a part of sports and be social. Why do you think Special Olympics is so important? for example, for you? Well, it's very important because over the years, it's immensely helped me with my physical and mental health, like helping me overcome a lot of anxiety. And it's given me something I never would have expected, which is an entire community of athletes, coaches and volunteers that are not only friends, but really like family that you know they all inspire you and drive you and give you courage to be the best you that you can be that is so true and to have lasting friendships and lasting relationships that are like family Mm -hmm. and i read in my studies at school that people with disabilities like us with cognitive disabilities are four times higher to have a mental illness or mental health condition like anxiety. I know that sounds like a scary statistic, but having sport help with those mental illnesses, like the what we see in the regular population. It's the same difference, I say. It's effective. If a person with a disability wants to join a sport or special Olympics, What's one piece of advice you would give to them? I'd say just do it because you will never regret it. Just do it. You never regret it. It's so much fun, isn't it? Yeah. How can the listener find you, Kaylee, and find how amazing you are in your sports? I actually don't really use social media. I do have Facebook, but I barely use it. But on the, on the Special Olympics BC accounts, we post a lot about Kaylee being awesome. So I think uh, they do. <laughs> Kaylee graciously I'm, permits that. <laughs> find can, Kaylee on the Special Olympic social medias. Yeah. That's yeah. a great way. I'm going to change the tables a little and want to talk to Megan, who is the marketing and communications manager of the Special Olympics BC about the spread the word to end the word campaign, because we heard about how cool 
Special Olympics is through an athlete side, but we haven't heard through what this campaign is and why it's so important. It's spread the word to end the word. What is the essence of this idea and why is this campaign so important? Thank you so much for the opportunity to chat about this, Allison, for all that you do with your with your show. Um, spread the word to end the word is how the campaign began. It was started by uh, a pair of students who uh, wanted to speak out against the use of the R word, uh, which is retard or retarded, and they wanted to uh, change uh, the hurtful and demeaning use of that word because it uh, impacts people with intellectual disabilities uh, and all of us who care about uh, people with intellectual disabilities and wanting to ensure they are respected and included in every single minute of our lives in every single area and every single day. So um, the campaign was started by these students and just grew and grew with people, um, grassroots, you know, communities, schools, businesses, picking it up and wanting to say we include people, we respect people with intellectual disabilities, um, inclusion matters and awareness and exposure matters. So spread the word to end the word is how the campaign began and, and it's been going on for um, just over 10 years now. Uh, and then in the last few years, the name changed to spread the word inclusion in order to just broaden the focus a bit. Um, not just the R word, but taking actions for inclusion, pal you know, tangible things that everybody in all parts of our lives that all of us can do to make sure that we respect and include people with intellectual disabilities. So whether it's, you know, making sure that um, someone in your school who was uh, sitting alone at lunch has a friend to be with, um, has someone to sit with or running a campaign in your school or workplace place, excuse me, that uh, talks about people with intellectual disabilities, because a lot of the research that um, we've seen and, and heard about in recent years shows that one of the main reasons why people uh, with intellectual disabilities are still not included and respected in the way they should be is just a lack of familiarity and the lack of, you know, knowing someone, knowing their abilities, uh, having someone in your life who has an intellectual disability. So this campaign, Spread the Word, Inclusion, and, um, and then Special Olympics as a whole, we try to put people with intellectual disabilities front and center for their abilities and show, support them to show all that they can can do, are capable of, want to do, strive for, challenge themselves and, and amaze and inspire in so many different ways. So um, these campaigns are, this campaign is about uh, centering people with intellectual disabilities and making sure that they are respected and included in, in all facets of life. And so since um, 2009, more than a million people actually have taken the pledge to include and to end the hurtful and demeaning use of the R word in their everyday speech. So um, it's been, uh, very positive to see the growth in positive attitudes, but I think we all know that uh, exclusion persists and we have a long way to go. So every little grassroots action counts. And that's a great segue because I'm going to be talking even more in depth of what you said. That's a great segue for a quick break. Don't go anywhere because there will be more about spread the word inclusion on the self-advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. 
Did you know that Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM, has over 90 different shows produced by over 350 community members? This wide range of programming produced by our diverse group of programmers ensures that we have a show you'll love. We have shows on feminism, spirituality, disability rights, politics, unions, and parenting. We play jazz, indie rock, reggae, blues, and folk. We broadcast in a dozen different languages and have more First Nations programs than any other radio station in Vancouver. Find your show on Vancouver Co-op Radio, CFRO 100.5 FM. All different, all the time. You're listening to The Self-Advocate on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. So right now I am talking with Megan and Kaylee of the Special Olympics in BC for the Spread the Word Inclusion Campaign, which is to end the usage of the R word. So I'm going to be delving a little bit deeper from what Megan said of inclusion, because there is a lot of research that suggests that language is very important of how attitudes in society is formed. You said inclusion, Megan, because of how to include people with intellectual disabilities into society or mainstream society, not just the disability society, but the mainstream society. How has the Special Olympics promoted inclusion for people with intellectual disabilities? Hmm. Special Olympics is dedicated to empowering people with intellectual disabilities to show their abilities and reach their full potential through sports. And so within our programs, there is an inclusive and empowering uh, environment. And then our goal is to achieve social change and create more inclusive communities by spotlighting athletes with intellectual disabilities and their abilities, their abundant abilities uh, to change the way that, you know, change the outdated perceptions of people with intellectual disabilities. So our uh, mission is to work all the time, uh, every day with our year-round programs that are happening in communities around the province and around the whole planet uh, to give opportunities for all communities to see Special Olympics athletes with intellectual disabilities in action, to interact with them, to see them for their abilities, and create inclusive communities, create inclusion in all parts of our world. So it's a ripple effect uh, that we hope is achieved through sport participation and change. We also participate in uh, act activism and uh, awareness campaigns like Spread the Word Inclusion. Uh, We also have a global week of inclusion. We work with partners uh, who support inclusion and we try to highlight this in a broad range of different fields. We also have celebrity partners who generously talk about us in their channels and try to draw attention to Special Olympics athletes and all of their abilities. So we work on a number of different fronts. Um, Health is another where 
we're we're um, uh, working with people with intellectual disabilities to uh, help overcome some of the challenges that they face within the healthcare system and accessing uh, the care and and support that they need. Um, and so we're working with partners in uh, the healthcare system as well. And so we create more awareness and inclusion through through those efforts as well. Right now, I'm in my master's degree at Athabasca University in interdisciplinary studies focusing on disability. The course that I'm taking right now is on grounded theory, and I'm writing a paper which will lead into my thesis eventually. And the paper that I'm writing is on inclusion versus integration. And you talk, Megan, a lot about inclusion. I'm wondering if it's inclusion or is it integration? Are you just saying that include us in the sport? Are you saying integrate us, people with intellectual disabilities, into the community? Yeah, we're saying both inclusion and integration eventually in the wider world. Um, I think we hope that every uh, interaction in Special Olympics within the Special Olympics community uh, is inclusive. I know as you know, Kaylee so beautifully summarized, um, there's a community here that supports each other, uh, empowers each other, we're friends who uh, care about each other and help each other to be our best. And that's an environment from which um, you, every one of us goes out in, in thrives and promotes more inclusion in every part of the remainder of our lives. And then, as I said, we're also uh, striving to spotlight the abilities of Special Olympics athletes and people with intellectual disabilities broadly so that there is more inclusion in every community everywhere around the world. So there's ripple effects from uh, seeing Special Olympics athletes and all that they can do. Just getting us people with intellectual disabilities into the door and sitting at the table. That's a big issue even today, 50 years on since the start of Special Olympics. It's just to get people with disabilities into the door at the table. For anybody who has an intellectual disability or a disability in general and wants to help or support this campaign, Megan, or wants to spread the word inclusion and spread the word to end the word, what's one piece of advice you would give to them or anybody who doesn't have a disability in general? Mm -hmm. No, you're exactly right. It's for everyone, all of us, every single one of us can and should take the lead to create more inclusion in our communities and in our lives. Um, one of the things that I think is so powerful about Spread the Word Inclusion is it really asks everyone to pledge to do something in their daily life that's achievable for them, you know, whether it's um, something public like running an awareness campaign in, you know, your workplace or school or community, or whether it's something you know, just individual that you can do, reaching out to somebody who you know who is isolated and, and maybe feeling less included, um, being, uh, being friends, being welcoming, being inclusive in, in your life, taking some of those small actions that just, they all add up. So um, I think you can visit spreadtheword.global online 
Um, so spread the word.global to take the pledge and to find more resources and ideas that uh, can spark some thoughts about what you can do in your, your own life. How can the listener find Special Olympics BC and you, Megan? Um, Special Olympics BC is online at www.specialolympics.bc.ca. We're on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube at Special Olympics BC. We're on Twitter at SOBC Society. Uh, I'm like Kaylee. I'm not so active myself personally. I know it's embarrassing, but I spend a lot of time and passion and energy on Special Olympics BC's social media. So I'm kind of a slacker on my own, but uh, everybody's feel free to, to look me up should they be interested. My name is Megan Pollock and I'm honored to be part of the Special Olympics BC community. Thank you both so much for being on my show. So much information to take back and to see how the lasting friendships, the family, to go anywhere from small to even large ideas for this campaign. Thank you so much, Allison. Thank you so much, Kaylee. Yeah, thank you. To end out the self-advocate, I want to play Let Me Win by Charlie Accord. I know this is different than my usual outro song, but because I talked about the Special Olympics, this song, Let Me Win by Charlie Accord, was made specially for the National Games of the Special Olympics in 2018. A motto of the Special Olympics is, let me win. If I cannot win, let me be brave in the attempt. So this song sings about that motto. If you missed any part of this show or want to listen again, you can find it on anchor.fm or wherever you find your podcasts. This has been The Self-Advocate, a show about arts and culture in the disability community on CFRO Co-op Radio 100.5 FM with your host, Allison Klein. You can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Allison Mira. Enjoy more programming, everyone. Everyone here knows this flame of
Every 